Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. (sighs) Adam, Adam, can you see me up here? Up here, up here. Paula, what are you doing up there? I have a surprise for you. I'm on my rich neighbor's roof, uh, the one who built the monstrosity of a house for four years. Uh, yes. Up, up here, do you see me? No, I see you, Paula. I had this parachute made. Oh, no. It says, Dad Band Land, the music commentary podcast from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band. Uh, isn't it beautiful? It's really nice. And, Paula, I'm flattered, but I don't want you... Even in the promotion of my other podcast, which is very entertaining and discusses all the music people love. I don't have enough space to write that. I'll make another parachute another time and include those things. I can't afford a plane, Adam. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw the parachute up in the air and jump off my neighbor's roof before they even see that I'm up here. I couldn't do it from my roof because my house is only one story. Yeah. Uh, But this is... This is something I really, you know, I should have done it a long time ago, but it's something I really want to do for you. It's a gift. Paula, this is a gift I don't want because I can explain some things about the physics of parachutes if you have a moment. I don't, I don't, Adam. I got, I, it's really, we gotta, you know, we want to keep the show tight. And, Paula, this, and, and is, this is a terrible a, idea. And this is a, a gift to you and a great grabber. In a way, it's a, a gift to Bonnie Burns because she really loves the grabber and she wants a short show. So yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh, no. oh my god, this is fantastic! Oh, oh shit, the wind's blowing me right into the... Oh my god! Ow, I just... I went through the window. Oh my god, Wendell, could you get a dustpan and the... Oh. First aid... Son of... Uh, yeah, you could... Can you get some towels for the blood and... And some ice? Oh, Paula... Adam, could you see the parachute? Did you? I had my iPhone mounted on the roof so it could film. Did you see the parachute? It never fully opened, Paula. That's what I was trying to explain to you. I saw the letter D <sighs> and maybe what looked like an L. Yeah, that's um, why I was telling you. I don't think there's enough room for all the words you want on it, but I'll try. No, it's not uh, that. It's that the basic physics of parachute. I mean, when you jump out of a plane and open a parachute, Paula... Yeah. You fall for hundreds and hundreds of feet, maybe thousands, before the yeah. parachute fully opens and deploys, and your neighbor's house is like maybe 50 Yeah, but this one tall. wasn't really folded, Adam. This one was yeah. d- done more like a more like a fitted sheet. You know, you just yeah, rolled, like one of those just army sort of, men. Yeah. I just sort of rolled it around my hands and then I threw threw it up, but I can't I don't see how I can put all the words you want on it. I'll I'll I don't try want any words on it. I'll save my money and try it because this didn't come out of the show's budget. You know, this is just a gift from me to you. Um, so why don't how, you guys? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Well, my leg is over there. I'll get it. Um, <laughs> okay. 
Now have Wendell get it, or you know what? Have maybe maybe your uh, pod puppy Mo can go retrieve uh, it. Oh no! But the last time I had Mo get it, she gnawed on it for a really long time before I could get okay. it back. Okay. Um. All right. Why don't you get the show started? Uh, okay. Um, the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. No, no, no. You already said get the show started. I can. I, you don't yeah. have to give our code words. Yeah. The um, rain in Spain. No, I, I get it, Paula. I get yeah. it. I'm so sorry. Well, you know what I'm going to do when I sew my leg back on? I'm going to do like yeah. some embroidery uh, um, and I'm going to do it like a cross stitch of dad band land. The music commentary pad- podcast from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band. I don't think I can make all the words you want on it, though. I, I don't want it. I mean, just DBL would be fine or just not doing that at all would be perfectly OK. OK, why don't you get the show started? Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide Adam, to life. Adam, what, pa- Paula? Te- what? Technically, um, we're coming to them live. Um, well, the way the show started was from my neighbor's house in Los <laughs> Okay. So just, okay. I don't know if you want to. And, and I'm, in fact, that. at my sister's house in Weehawken, New Jersey. So let me let me try that again, yeah, okay? Yeah, just that whole, th- that whole fucking opening was nothing but a lie. Okay, wow. Uh, you know, you just calm down. You're losing a lot of blood, Paula. Let me just try this again, okay? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Coming to you live from our house in Los Angeles. Wait, I'm at my Los house San- in Simi Valley. Yeah. Well, that's Los Angeles area. It's greater Los Angeles, Bonnie. There's, okay, you, I'm the, just saying. You're defeating the entire premise of the show. I'd have to go back and re-record 230 episodes for that show. <laughs> You guys said where you were coming from, so... Yeah, and I've... Coming from my bedroom in Simi Valley at a table with a lamp. I I don't need to get that specific. It's greater Los Angeles, Bonnie. Okay, go ahead, start it. Go ahead, start. The rain in Spain. Go Go ahead. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, and our neighbor's rooftop. I'm coming to you from a place of love, really, more than anything. I've got it. I'm going to try to get this all right. Okay, rain in Spain. Yeah, rain in Spain. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, our neighbor's. God damn it, Bunny, you're going to let me do this. Rain in Spain, here. rain in Spain. All right, here okay. we go. Yeah, rain in Spain, Adam. Right. Rain in Spain. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, our neighbor's rooftop, the Simi Valley in someone's bedroom, a place of love, and Weehawk in New Jersey, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, a good basketball player can be hell on wheels, and these women are literally hell on wheels. Alvin Malavi, head coach of the Angel City Sports Women's Wheelchair basketball team, is here to break down how to coach the breakaway. Plus, you've got a lot of ideas, and a lot of them involve your own Bonnie Burns. Yes, it's the return of Mailbag, Captain Crinkle Edition. I'm Adam Felber, this show's pragmatic point guard, surveying the floor full of distractions and diversions, and pinpoint passing the ball to relevant facts who will dunk it into the hoop of coherent discourse. And now, please welcome the star center, who is always open under the basket, but who keeps wandering into the stands for nachos and light conversation, 
It's Paula Poundstone! Yay! Hey, you guys who I haven't seen or spoken to yet. Um, Hi, Paula. How are you doing? Uh, you know, Hi, Paula. I, well, I'm all right. Don't worry about me. I, uh, <laughs> I did a radio interview the other day. This was to promote a job in Florida. Um, you know, like I'm going into a theater and I do an interview with the radio station in that area. And, sure. you know, it's, uh, you know, on such and such, I'm going to be at such and such. But I also use the opportunity to say, well, uh, you know, and we send them the information to say, oh, you know, Paula has a podcast. It's called Nobody Listens to Paula Ponso. So I'm talking to this public radio station and because I'm so bad at promoting anything, but I'm particularly bad at promoting the podcast. I just can never seem to get the right I can never describe it in a succinct, fun way, or I can't seem to get the right rhythm. Uh, so, you know, she said, oh, and you have a podcast. And I did, you know, my joke about, yes, because I'm a human being and, and it's part of the new definition of being a human being. You know, it's the new scientific definition. Humans have fur. Uh, we, we breathe oxygen. We don't eat our young. We give birth not in an egg. Uh, and we have a podcast. And then we were talking about how many podcasts there are. And she said, you know, who can possibly listen to them? And I hear myself say, oh, I don't listen to mine. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Your manager, Bonnie, her jaw just clenched visibly. Um, yeah. We can check the numbers. You know, there's a way of checking your listenership online. We can check. I'll bet you the number shot up right at that moment. Uh, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't listen to my. And then the, the problem with these, the problem is it's always over with because I sort of was in my head like, well, I'll put a pin in that and come back to it. I'll, you know, I'll exp and I never yeah. did. Paula, I would say this. I think you were setting yourself up for failure with that amusing observation that lots of people have a podcast. I should say that they don't? Well, maybe don't bring that up at all. Maybe don't act like every human on the planet has a podcast. Adam, this is going to freak you out. But not only does everyone on the planet have a podcast, but a guy that I work with on my podcast has another podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. <laughs> However, so, when you're promoting your own podcast, you would think that what you would want to do is say, you know, we have all these listeners who over the years have been sending us descriptions. Use one of those instead of saying, yeah, I've got a podcast, but who doesn't? They're like assholes. Huh? Wait, hold on. I'm writing that down. Assholes. No, no don't that's write more, that down. No, because that's more clever than what I said. Hold on. They're, they're, they're yeah, like yeah. assholes. Is that kind two S's you're using Podcasts are like assholes. Everybody has okay. one. Is that, yeah. that two, is that, is that uh, as shoals? Or, no, uh, no, no, Paula, don't okay. write this down. This is what you shouldn't be saying to radio stations. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to it. Yeah, I actually <laughs> heard myself say that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And, the truth is, and the truth is, I don't enjoy listening to myself. And so I certainly don't listen to them all, but I do listen to some. Not while I vacuum, like that one lady who wrote to me and said she liked to listen while she vacuumed, which I still haven't figured out if that was a compliment or not. I think it's a compliment. You think it was a compliment? Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're doing other things. Yeah, but vacuuming, Bonnie, do you see what I'm saying? Vacuuming is a loud activity that drowns out other audio. Oh, I didn't get that. She doesn't know she can't hear anything. <laughs> 
get that. We've been making that joke for a year and a half no, now. No, but I was... She has, she has no idea that a vacuum makes a noise. That's how bad her hearing is. No, yeah. but she probably has, like, earpluggy things in there, and that's how she can hear it. I don't know. If, if that woman who said that uh, is listening, please write to us and, and tell us uh, for sure whether it was a compliment and you use earpluggy thingies. We won't be able to tell you that listener's name right now because... Full disclosure, tonight we have no Tony Anita Hull. She says hi, everybody, and no Julie Bercobian. Tony Anita Hull is at a uh, a spool symposium. Um, <laughs> a spool <it's>, symposium. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was surprised such a thing existed. Apparently, I am too. there's more than one, even. She's uh, in the one in Sydney, Australia. It's a whole event uh, with keynote speakers and breakout sessions uh, revolving around using spools in uh, crafts. Well, spools is probably a pretty big topic in the craft universe, and as we know, that's that's where she lives Yeah, when she's not watching videos of pimple popping and stuff. Hey, Paula, have we talked about the house band yet? Oh, oh. Adam, I'm so glad you brought that up, because I meant to. Yeah, because that usually comes right after the intro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to do something a little different tonight. Um, okay. I want to welcome back our house band, <laughs> J.P. Storer, on the bass. <laughs> J.P. will be showcasing his skills on the electric bass, stand-up bass, and ukulele bass. Throughout the episode, a ukulele bass? Ukulele bass. Never heard of it? I've never seen one, but I've heard of it. If you like ukulele lady bass, ukulele lady bass, like you. Do you know that song? I don't. But based on that little sample, I'm guessing you're just adding the word bass to an existing song. Bass. Um, No. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thanks, JP. Thanks so much for being our house band again. We really appreciate it. And now we're going to uh, do do what we do. Uh, we're going to go around the horn and say hello to everybody. But here's the thing. We've already said hello to Paula Poundstone. And I'll speak my piece in a moment. There's there's only one other person to, to say hello to. And that's up in the Simi mm-hmm. Valley, which is not to be confused with Los Angeles, apparently, after three years. It's your producer, our friend, featured tonight in the mailbag segment. It's Bonnie Burns. How you doing, Bonnie? Hey, Adam. What's new? I'm trying to figure out what I have to talk about because the only thing that came into my mind today was something so embarrassing. Yeah, we're going to have to hear that. You know, sometimes you're in mixed company, you're in company, and then like you tell a story, and then everybody's like, eh, that crossed the line. That was really uncomfortable. Have you gotten that reaction from what you're about to tell us already? No, because what I'm telling you, I've never told anybody. Oh, boy. Now I'm worried. Well, but Bonnie, it's just the three of us tonight. It's it's You've known Paula for like 25 years. You've known me for, believe it or not, five or six at this point. Wow. And they've all been so enjoyable. Yeah, every moment, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it has. I shouldn't have said that. It has, it has. I don't know. I, I just have to correct you. It's not just you and me. We're doing a, a podcast. Now, I know that neither of us listened to the podcast, but in fact, it, uh, in fact, a lot of people do it. So it wouldn't just be me and you listening to Bonnie's embarrassing story. Bonnie, something to take into consideration. Bonnie, don't no. listen to the woman in the other Zoom window. Listen to me, your friend Adam. Tell us what's happening. 
The thing is, I don't think I would tell it if Tony and Julie were on. So, you know, oh. all right, I'm going to say it. But like if it's that okay. thing when I'm done, there's like, it's really uncomfortable. You can say like, okay, this wasn't good for dinner conversation. I'm, I'm so scared. Yeah. I'm terrified. Okay. So I'm listening to this book. Am I still going to want you as my manager when this is, because I'm so worried. I think you will, because I think we actually have very few secrets. I mean, from one another. No, I have a lot of secrets for you. Like you probably didn't know. I don't listen to the show, but um, (laughs) yeah, I don't. (laughs) Okay. So I'm listening to this memoir by a guy named David Milch, who was a very famous television writer, and he was like a total druggy heroin, every horrible thing, addicted to gambling, all that stuff. So the whole you've you like, had sex with him? No, the whole okay. half of the book, first half, even more, is all the stuff that he did and his observations about it. But he went to AA. He almost died. And he found the light. So since then, I'm not faulting him, but it's just so like Oprah says she has all the answers. So there was something he said. I'll and bet I thought, you she watches all her shows. I'll bet you she does. <laughs> so I thought. But you get the sense. She probably does. I thought, because he is a good writer. I thought, I wonder if he wrote that or it's like some AA thing. So I go look in that blue book or something that had excerpts from the blue book and it landed on those 12 questions that you answer or the steps, the steps. So I read the first one and it's something about, I admit that I'm powerless. Well, you know, there's an AA part that's called OA for overeaters. It's overeaters anonymous. So we've taken two left turns now. No, no, no. I'm just telling you. So are you getting uncomfortable yet? No, no. no. Not even at all. (laughs) All right. So they have one for overeaters anonymous. So the first thing is like, you know, admitted we were powerless, so it would be, in my case, powerless over food. I don't drink, okay? And I do have a food, Jones. If people have listened to the show, they probably figured that yeah. out by now. If you're a new listener, uh, Bonnie has confessed to <laughs> keeping spare candy between the cushions of her couch so that she doesn't have to get up. So, uh, Yeah, and eating <laughs> And apparently like, she's about to confess something worse than that, so stay tuned. Eating like three bagels at night when I started that I was only going to have a half because I thought it was bad for me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's so problem. that's the first one. The first step is, you know, I'm powerless over food. My life's become unmanageable. And I say to myself, you know, could I say that? I don't know if that's true. Maybe, like, if it would help me. I don't think I could say that, but whatever. Then the second one, I think, is came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm already having trouble with the first step, but okay, whatever. Then the third one is made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God. Then the fourth step, let's just say I got that far, which would, I don't think I would. Would you have, what does this have to do with the I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just getting into it because, okay, never mind. So then the fourth step was something like you write down all the times that you like did something bad at, like at drinking, but in my case, it could be eating, and you confess them to the person you say you're sorry. So I'm sitting there thinking, what would I do when it comes to eating? Like go to my daughter and go, I ate your Halloween candy when you were asleep. Yeah, yeah that's what you would do. <laughs> that's exactly right. So that was my confession. I don't really have anything after that. 
No, yeah, no. Yeah, it sounds to me like over ears have it a lot easier than drink, drinking and drug people in yeah. terms of the confession <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tiptoed into your room, opened the drawer where we put the candy so I wouldn't eat it, and then ate it while you were sleeping. And this yeah. is what you were afraid of confessing? Yeah, I think it reflects badly on me. All right, I need to recap here for a second. You were reading David Milch's autobiography, and you were reading Memo. what he was writing about recovery, and you were like, wow, I wonder if he was plagiarizing AA. So you went and found the 12-step booklet, and <laughs> that, that detoured you to worrying about your own eating problem, and then you got to the place where you were stealing Halloween candy from your daughter. Am I right? Well, if I did like do those steps what would i confess when i got to step four so it wasn't that you had ever done the okay well here's what i recommend <laughs> yeah I, I i recommend that you lay off all the 12 step shit uh <laughs> until you have some really good junk to confess that's what i say <laughs> I just want to say, to, to piggyback on what Paula has said, I feel like on a podcast where you have confessed to serially killing plants, keeping candy in your couch cushions, taking a shower with zero mustel. It wasn't zero mustel. Whoever. Having various items inside your ear. <laughs> the, mentioning that you ate your daughter's Halloween candy, that doesn't even enter the ladder of, of atrocity. Yeah. It's kind of like personal. And... Yeah. It's revealing something to me. You know, I it's hard to yeah. say. Yeah. Well, good for you then. <laughs> yeah, the, that's, thank you, Sister Burns, for sharing your perspective. Is this really the venue for that is what I'm wondering? You know what? If that radio person that I talked to in Florida <laughs> listens to this podcast, this episode, she's going to go, well, no fucking wonder she doesn't listen to her own show. <laughs> okay, it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable like it's that thing where you're shifting in your chair? No. No. <laughs> I'll tell you what's going through my head. What's going through my head is, why are we talking about this shit? Wow. I still don't understand. I was fine with it. When it was just about the man's autobiography, whoever that man is. David, no. I was much happier with the David Grohl pillow, I think. Yeah, me too. Oh. Me too. Okay, the rain in Spain. <laughs> the rain in Spain. Do you think we should tell the nobodies that the rain in Spain was a code word for let's start this show? We did tell them. We told them last week. What if you're a new listener? <laughs> if we have a new listener, they're gone by now, Bonnie Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I think the new code okay. is, isn't that a powdered sugar donut behind you? That's the new code. <laughs> now I'm really embarrassed. I think I have to go. <laughs> you know, you brought this on yourself. I just, uh, when Tony finds out that she went to the spool symposium until listening to that story, she is going to be so upset because that was some really, that was like a, it was like we struck a, a vein, uh, like a like a mining vein of uh, of fascination there. Wow. <laughs> we sure did. Well, you know, this is ordinarily the time when we would circle back around to me to ask me what's new, but I don't really have a lot. Yeah, Adam, what's new? Well, I'm here in Weehawken, New Jersey, and today I realized that I forgot to bring my microphone to record Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone via remote. And so... Not two hours ago, I hopped into an Uber, went to a nearby Target, picked up a USB mic, and 
came rushing back here. But on the way back, I had maybe the chattiest Uber driver of my life, who is a chemical engineer who's trying to get his HVAC license, uh, used to teach in universities and worked in a corporation and also ran a pizza place just down the street from where I'm staying. Whoa. And we were in a lot of traffic, but boy. How does he not have his own podcast? My God, these are fascinating stories. Uh, you know what? I, I just wanted to say that like what I learned and I think is very interesting is that the system to license you to be a master HVAC person is very corrupt, especially in New Jersey. Well, thank you, Adam Silver, <laughs> for shedding some light on that. I think if they hadn't tuned out with my story, yours is going to push them right over the head. Yeah. We Okay, so uh, now we've only got our regular listeners left, which is why we want to say... We've actually driven two off of the podcast itself, which is Julie and Tony aren't here. And now we're trying to see how many listeners we can get rid of. Uh, this is, it's a, we are. It's a, it's a race to the bottom to see which one of us can bore the other two off the podcast first. I have an idea. Let's yeah. get Elon Musk. He can give us some tips about how to get rid of everybody. <laughs> hey, Paula, how about some vocabulary stuff? Listen, listeners, I, I want to say to you, A, thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, uh, <laughs> listeners, if you go over to our Facebook page, you'll find what started as a beautiful artist's rendering of Adam's head, Tony Anita Hull's head, and Captain Crinkle Bonnie Burns's head. Each week, I'm going to ask each of these people uh, the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word, and for each correct answer, they will receive an additional body part until they have earned for themselves an invaluable portrait. Last week, they each earned a neck. And I have to say, my, my drawing of Adam's head may not be completely accurate. What uh, do you because, mean? Well, when I went to draw you, I couldn't remember for the life of me if you had facial hair or not. What? Uh, yeah, now that I'm looking at you on Zoom, I realize that you do. I, my feeling is you'll have to earn that. Wait. Unless, did you grow it like in the last few days, like a chia pet or something? No, Paula, I did not. I have, in fact, had facial hair almost the entire time you've known me. Uh, well, you know, I have a lot of memory problems, Adam. Um, yeah, so that's, that's you'll, you'll be earning your, your beard and mustache. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Okay, so I'm going to start by asking uh, Bonnie Burns the, the, the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word. And to make it fair, I'm asking Adam Felber, uh, Adam, to take your headphones off. I'm deeply worried because that leaves just the two of you running the podcast right now. <laughs> no, it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, and I'll signal you back with a two-finger signal. Uh, okay, ready? Okay, ready. All right. Okay, Bonnie Burns. <clears throat> what is the meaning of the word insensate? Yeah. What is it? I-N, how do you spell it? I-N-S-E-N-S-A-T-E. It means like. Are you looking it up? No, I was writing down what you just spelled. It means like you're mean to somebody. Mm, um, <laughs> you're close, but it's not. When you're, you're like mean, like say horrible things, like nasty, like no. Trump. Uh, can you hear Adam or you're cheating? No, I don't think you can hear. You know, I don't think he'd look, his face is pretty round. 
if he didn't uh, have that beard, I Bonnie, think he looks better. Bonnie, with let's, that facial let's remain hair. attentive to what we're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> insensate is an adjective that means lacking sympathy or compassion, unfeeling. Oh. Well, so I was close. I think you were close, but I don't think you. I don't think you had it. It doesn't mean that you have to be mean. Yeah. Okay. Lacking insensitivity. All right, Adam. I'm giving you your two. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. I'm back. Right, thank you. Okay, Adam Felber, film critic Adam Felber. What does the word insensate mean? Uh, uh it, is it like unconscious? Like you, 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 you're not taking anything in. No. Okay. Uh, ins- insensate is an adjective that means lacking sympathy or compassion, oh, unfeeling. It's insensitive in uh, that way, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, neither of you earned a body part. Or a beard. Uh, yeah, no, you don't have facial hair. Did you put glasses on Bonnie's head? Yeah. How about earrings? I didn't put earrings. How about earbuds? Um, because I knew that if I put earrings, they would just end up in her Inside the ear. ears. Okay, well, I guess we <laughs> so both got safe. it wrong. Uh, anyways, there you go. No body parts were awarded. I was closer. What did you were closer? What did you guess? Well, wait. What body part were you going to add? I, I don't know. Because <laughs> I think I should have a half of that body part. No, you don't get half. Of- I was in the vicinity. What, what was your guess? I said that you said mean things, which is not really right. But no, it isn't. That's very close. That's very close. It, I would get. I don't, you don't get body. You don't get half body parts. That's. <laughs> I, I feel like you were close, Bonnie. Yeah, you were very close, uh, and I hate to be insensate about Thanks, this, yeah. but you don't get half body parts. That's not. This is goes. already an extraordinarily <laughs> weird show. All right, Larry Bird once said, "When it gets down to it, basketball is basketball," which was around the time when Random House decided not to publish the book "Deep Thoughts" by Larry Bird. We'll go a little bit deeper with wheelchair basketball coach Alvin Malave when we come back. I don't know if I got it. What was it? Deep Fucks by Alvin Burt? What was what the, it? It, what it, it, sounds, it sounds like you just heard one out of every three words that I said. Well, it's because you're not paying attention. I wasn't. You're right. And now, here's a news update from the dental chair. Our Hogan House is planning investigations. A lot of investigations. This has been a news update from the dental chair. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? 
Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler Five Pocket Pant. And I got oh. the um, oh, it's so. And I got the hundred percent European linen shirt, and it looks breezy, and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like you know thirty dollars a piece, or starting at thirty dollars at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger. Ooh, and you know I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on, and I I swear to you, okay. This is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable. That honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quinn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort 
and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Peter Mark Roger of Roger's Thesaurus said, My good woman, that was a very good meal. I look forward to a good night's sleep and a good day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. Thank you, house band J.P. Storer. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, nice work. Hey, Paula Poundstone, do you watch the news a lot? Adam, I watch the news a lot. <laughs> but these next two years of Republican House rule are going to be hell. Like Obama says, they're, they're talking about investigating Biden and others, but they don't know what for. I, I, I can't even watch what's about to happen. I, I need something else. I've often wished that I had a team to root for. I, I was a Red Sox fan and a Celtics fan when I was a kid, but as I got older, I haven't had room on my wish list to include hoping that a bunch of guys who make a ton of money and aren't even from the city that they're playing for win. I, I like sport, though. I marvel at human achievement and heart, and, yes. and I love to cheer. I wish there were some athletes that I could really support. I wish there was... Someone I could talk to about it. So someone that knew about it. I, I, I'm sure there's someone out there who knows about a world of engaging games and players worth caring about. I'll never meet them, though. I'm just not that lucky. Hey, 
Paula, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you remember the last hundred shows or so where you'd say stuff very much like that? And then it would yeah. turn out that, that, that by crazy coincidence, the expert that you were seeking was on our show that night? Yeah, but the odds of it happening again, Adam, are... Astronomical. Astronomical. Yes! And yet, that is exactly what happened, Paula. The expert that you seek is on our show tonight waiting right here for you. Well, that is a coincidence with a matching purse. That's right. Community organizer, program coordinator for Angel City Sports, and head coach of their women's wheelchair basketball team, please welcome Alvin Malave. Alvin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. There is almost nothing cooler than people with disabilities becoming athletes or maybe continuing to be athletes. Um, What are the opportunities for players and fans in wheelchair basketball? Well, funny you ask, Paula. I was an athlete uh, most of my life before I got injured. I got injured in my early 20s and suffered a spinal cord injury. And I was fortunate enough to be introduced to the world of adaptive sports. And uh, one of my favorite sports to play was basketball. So uh, when I discovered there was wheelchair basketball out there, um, I jumped in and I got really into it. So for folks with physical disabilities here in the United States and globally all over the world where people might be listening, a wheelchair basketball is one of the top uh, adaptive sports available for folks with physical disabilities. Here in the United States, there's over 200 teams nationally. There's opportunities for children, adults, men, women, veterans at any age to be involved with this wonderful sport. Oh, that sounds great. Now, okay, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but Does someone require a wheelchair in their life off court to participate? My daughter, for example, um, uses a cane or a motorized scooter to get around. But I would imagine that the actual skill with the wheelchair is vital. Absolutely. It's like any sport, right? Like every sport has its set of skills that you need to develop. For the wheelchair game, you need to be able to start, stop, turn, rotate, position your chair, you know, very speedily, fast, and uh, and all that requires a lot of training and preparation. But you don't need to be an everyday wheelchair user to be a part of the game. You just have to have some sort of disability that qualifies you to be able to compete and get connected with a club and start training and developing some of those skills. Now, I'm blown away to hear there's 200 teams around the country because one of the things when I was trying to get my daughter involved in sports when she was young was, you know, there's just not that many people in any one community. You you weren't going to find like a whole ton of kids with similar disabilities to hers in order to form a team. Uh, so she, she was always sort of neither fish nor fowl. But there's 200 teams around the country? Yes, and, and wheelchair basketball compared to some of the other adaptive sports is, is really well established. The governing body here in the United States is the National Wheelchair Basketball Association, the NWBA. And they have a wonderful website that you can go and, and find local teams. You know, there might not be a, a youth program or an adult team right in your city, but with 200 teams throughout the country, that's that's a lot of opportunities. You might have to drive a little bit to get to it, 
But um, you would be able to find other folks who are doing the sport and get involved. And the community is wonderful, Paula. These folks are very accommodating to, to new athletes, anybody who just wants to come out and check it out for the first time, if you really want to get into it. Uh, we're always open to having folks be a part of our community. What about equipment? I I've watched some wheelchair basketball. It's really exciting. The chairs look different than your ordinary wheelchairs. Are there pickup games where people just use whatever chair they have? Or uh, certainly when you get to team level, it's, it seems like there's specialized wheelchair equipment. Is that correct? Absolutely. The equipment is critical. It's funny because I remember the first time that I went out to check out wheelchair basketball and I was in what we call our everyday wheelchairs, right? These are right. non-sport. They're not made to take impact. They're, they're made to be lightweight and movable, right? But I was introduced to what a sport wheelchair is. First of all, they have cambered wheels, so the wheels are kind of slanted out at the base, right? Right. And, and these things are made from like super lightweight aircraft grade aluminum. Some of them are made of titanium, so they're meant to be ultra light. But also, they have to be very strong to, to be able to take impact. And these athletes get going really fast, and we flip and, and tumble, and we got to be able to get out back up. And these chairs, I would equivalent them to a sports car versus like a sedan or a family vehicle. Very yeah. agile, meant for speed, quickness, agility, and be able to, uh, you know, be able to take a little bit of impact. There's bumpers at the front of them, so when we crash into each other, we don't hurt our feet at all. So very specialized equipment. There's bumpers in, in front of your feet? Yep, exactly. Yep. Like, so when you crash into somebody, your feet are actually protected and you hit the other uh, person's bumper and all the, all the dimensions of the chair first are regulated by the league. Right. So there's nobody that has a 10 inch bumper or a five inch. We all have to have similar type of equipment. And you don't have those Ben-Hur spikes that come out of the side of your wheel and and, and no, carve no. up the other guy's wheelchair. <laughs> there, there's plenty no. of foul play and dirty play. It's funny because I, I, like my wife thinks I'm a dirty player, and if I can't convince her, you know, who am I going to yeah. convince? <laughs> but uh, one thing to note about the chairs is that they're custom made to every individual athlete, so their body dimensions, their leg length, also to accommodate their particular disability. So wow. if there's a, a high level paraplegic, he might have to sit a little lower to the ground with more back support versus a person that is an amputee might be able to sit higher with a lower backrest and all that impacts the, the the type of play so they get to play center yeah like a center would be more likely an amputee type of player because they're sitting up higher sitting up higher yeah so so when you think about a chair right the the seat to floor height the maximum in, in, in the league is 21 inches. So you can imagine some of these would make a chair where you could stand up and you have a huge advantage over someone, right? So right. there has to be regulations governing the, the dimensions and of the chair to, to, you know, to keep fair play, you know, a thing, right? So these chairs are, are, are meant, and depending on your disability, you could sit up high as high as you can. But for a person like myself or a person that might have a little bit more severe disability, we can't sit up that high because we'll lose our balance. Uh-huh. So is that what your wife caught you doing? Try to trying to sit up higher in the chair? Is that why she feels you're not an honest player? You know, I, I, yeah, I, I we, we, 
along with basketball, I play wheelchair football, and that's like a new sport, right? Oh my wow. god! And, and and that now like that I've never heard of. No, it's it's a brand new sport. It's only been around for a couple years, but we crash in each other at full speed. And you know what I do? I, I do my dirty stuff, and then I lift my hands up. I was like, I didn't do it, you know. That's but sure, who's going to accuse a guy with a disability after yeah, all? Absolutely. <laughs> There's that myth, right? Yeah. There's that myth that people with disabilities would never do anything dishonest, right? They haven't met me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about your hands? Do you wear gloves? What? How do you? Because I always picture people wheeling their their chairs with their hands, and that if you smash together, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Isn't there a potential you're going to smash your hands? Well, inevitably, your hands take a beating any way you look at it, right? Like sometimes you miss a push going full speed, and you you smash your knuckles on the spokes or something like that. Huh. Imagine you're taking a sport, stand-up basketball, where you use your legs and your hands and you're jumping, and now you, you have to do the whole sport with your upper body. Your shoulders are, take a whole lot of impact. Your arms and your hands in particular, you have to handle the ball, start and stop and move the chair. So they do take a beating. There's not that, yeah. like because of the wheel, the cambered slanted wheels, you're, you're not necessarily oh. smashing your knuckles on every play. Um, uh -huh. But I can't imagine what the sport was like 30, 40 years ago when, when that technology wasn't around and these folks were playing in real hospital wheelchairs. Those are the, the true tough guys and girls because the, the sport was a lot different back then. The chairs and the equipment have gotten a lot better and safer as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So as a fan, are there places I can go to watch or is it televised? We're getting better, Paula. You know, I think this stuff is just as good as like the stuff that we see on network television. You know, our, our football team, basketball, these athletes are incredible athletes. That, that's one thing that I want your audience to know. The, this is not like, yes, we're having fun out there. Yes, we're doing it for, for you know, to socialize and for exercise. But this is a very, especially at the highest levels of the sport, like the Paralympics, this is a very competitive athletic endeavor. Ever. These men and women are, are training, like, you know, at that level, training every day and competing like professional athletes. So it's a very competitive environment that, that we have, right? What I really want to do is, as the Olympics come around, make sure you, you stick around for, for the Paralympics and watch some of that stuff. There's uh, wheelchair basketball. It's directly afterwards, right? It's a, usually a, a couple, two or three weeks after the Olympics, it's in the same host city, in the same host venues. So wherever the top athletes play for basketball, the stand-up basketball, the wheelchair basketball plays in those same venues, which is really neat, right? And 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 those games are definitely televised, uh, put on uh, you know on the internet and stuff for sure. Uh, but locally, I, I you know I really want anybody who wants to get involved, who wants to come check some of this stuff out, go to the NWBA website. You'll find. Uh, videos, you'll find game highlights of the national teams, both men and women, and you'll see the game at the highest level, and you'll also see the little kids playing as well, and that's really awesome and exciting to see. My oldest daughter, the upper part of her body is a machine. Okay. So when we're talking about people being athletes, I mean, depending on their disability and what assistive devices they might need, a lot of people who have disabilities are kind of already athletes, 
because of what they have to do to get themselves around, again, depending on what the disability is. But uh, No, no, Paula, just as soon as you said that, I, I, I pictured your daughter's shoulders, which are so defined. Yeah, they're, they're just they're mighty, mighty massive shoulders. <laughs> Can you tell us about the rules of the game? What's different rule-wise from non-wheelchair basketball? So the first thing that you'll see is that compared to the stand-up game where you have to dribble as you're moving, in the wheelchair game, if you're always dribbling with one hand and pushing the chair with the other hand, you're going to be spinning <laughs> in circles, right? Because we need yeah. to free up both hands to propel the chair. There is a rule accommodation where you're allowed to put the ball on your lap and take two pushes of the rims, and then you have to dribble at least once. So two pushes, dribble, two pushes, dribble. That's oh. kind of the... the basic kind of dribbling rule. Wow. I was somehow thinking that you would just put the ball in your lap and, you know, and wheel yourself. Uh, but uh, that makes it a little more challenging. It does. It does. Some folks aren't that skilled at propelling and moving with the ball. Like that's another level uh, of skill that needs to be developed. So sometimes if you need to have the ball and then you want to push, you got to pass the ball and then push and then receive the ball again to either shoot. Also, I want people to know that we play on regulation size basketball courts, right? So same free throw line, same three point line, the rim height. People always ask us, do you use the same rim height? Absolutely. The only difference is for the prep divisions, for the little guys, we, we have lower hoops but that's the same as in stand-up sports as well so most of the rules are the same we use shot clock we use the same amount of time per quarter and every once in a while there'll be a a slight rule accommodation just to accommodate the chair and the difference in the sport right but like there's no double dribble because of the dribbling rule if you don't hit the rim you could catch it and throw it back up so there's a, a few slight variations but for the most part it's basketball you know, we're 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 just we're just a a podcast. We might use a, a little clip to do what Bonnie likes to call the peek behind the curtain. But I wish people could see your face when you're talking about it. You 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 must be the yeah. best ambassador for this stuff because I can only see you from the shoulders up. But you look like an athlete, you know. Um, but the other thing is the look on your face while you talk about it is so perfect. So, it is uh, enthusiastic, uh, good ambassador. Thanks, thanks. You know, Coach Bobby Knight said, you don't play against opponents, you play against the game of basketball, and presumably by throwing a chair at it. We'll talk more about playing in chairs that Bobby Knight probably wouldn't be able to throw, plus mailbag, Captain Crinkle edition, all that when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Chloe from Eugene, Oregon. It's just me, Paula Poundstone. I don't want to bring you down by reminding you of why we need to laugh, COVID, but we do. Laughter could be practically prescribed by a doctor. Climate change. And there's something about the shared (laughs) emotional experience of being a part of an audience that makes the laughter that much more powerful. Kids, 99% of the time when someone types LOL, they're lying. You don't laugh out loud at stuff when you're alone. You acknowledge in your head that you think the thing you're seeing or hearing is funny. Depression. That's why television (laughs) shows use a laugh track. By the way, it was only recently that it dawned on me that the Flintstones couldn't have had a live audience. Loneliness. 
I'm not saying that I'm the only one who can provide this healing laughter, Trump, but I am saying (laughs) you need to get it somewhere. And it happens that I work in theaters all over the country. Nuclear war. Go to PaulaPoundstone.com and see when I'll be at a theater near you. Parallel parking. to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is... You always accuse your opponents of doing whatever awful thing you've done or what awful thing you're about to do. Guess what? We broke the code. Stop it. (laughs) And we're back with Coach Alvin Malavi. And this has been so fun, Alvin, so far. Let's get to the coach part. Paula, what do you want to know about the coach part of Coach Alvin? You coach the women's team, am I right? I do. And how do you drill? What drills do you do? What's similar? What's what's not similar? It's really about breaking down the game into individual skills, right? So I have to teach ball handling, chair skills, right? That's a big one that's really different. A dribbling drill is is pretty much similar to a stand-up basketball. But uh, for the chair skills, you you really have to drill the, the quick start and stops, the turning, the positioning, how to use that wide base, right? So there's a lot of drills that we do with regards to that. And then there's the offensive, defensive concepts, right? How to work together as a team. When athletes start out for the first time, a lot of what they want to do is just get around the other player and work individually. But in wheelchair basketball, more than any other sport, you really have to work as a team. Everybody has to understand their role, know where to be. All this stuff is stuff that we really have to drill over and over and over. Do they fall out? Yeah, absolutely. Folks fall out of the chairs all the time because you get going so fast and you crash into each other. Falling is kind of part of the game, but they don't stop the game when you fall. Like they keep playing unless you fall in the middle of the play where it's kind of dangerous. You might get run over. Then they'll stop the play. Like if you fall in the key area. Right. But if you fall in the outside area, you it's on you to have to get yourself back up. And that's really challenging, depending on the disability. Some athletes are not able to pop up on their own. If you watch the folks at the Paralympics, those folks are such incredible athletes. They pop up in like a half a second, you know? Wow. It's a really athletic feat. So the women that you train, does your team have a name? I work with an organization called Angel City Sports. Along with wheelchair basketball, we do lots of other adaptive sports in the Los Angeles area. This past weekend, we were, we were at an, a multi-sport event for veterans and first responders. And we're just out there pounding the pavement, doing the work, right? So the women's team that I'm coaching for Angel City Sports, we're, we're a brand new team. The team's existed in the past, but it kind of fell apart and we've taken it over and, and we're, we've relaunched it this year. So we actually 
actually don't have our own name. And and one of the cool things about wheelchair basketball is that these local clubs have really cool names. There's like the the Hot Wheels and the like there's so many cool interesting little names that these teams have. So we're working on our team name, but but we're an official team this year. We're registered with the NWBA. We're going to be going out to tournaments and competing against other women's teams. But right now you're the Angel City TBAs. I guess, yeah. I or like TBDs. That. We should use that, actually, Adam. <laughs> so this is an official year of play then coming up. It is. And let me tell you a little bit about our team, right? It's primarily comprised of mostly women who are newer to the sport. But we're fortunate to, to have uh, an ex-Paralympian on our team. Uh, we're anchored by this gal named Mackenzie Soljan, and she's a two-time Paralympian. She is a Paralympian wheelchair tennis player, and she's oh. a gold medal winning uh, wheelchair basketball player. She she won a gold medal in Rio 2016. So she's kind of the anchor of our team, along with these newer gals. So how can nobody listens to Paula Pound on the comedy podcast. How can we be uh, boosters of the uh, Angel City TBAs? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My bosses are going to love that too. The Angel City TBAs. Well, first and foremost, go visit our website, angelcitysports.org. You're going to see what we're doing, all the other events that we have going on. Um, if people want to get involved, if they're in the LA area, they could volunteer. Definitely, uh, you know, donations and that sort of thing are welcome. But more than anything, the, the show can just do what you're doing now. Highlight our, our story, our cause, and let people know about what we're doing. Because the, getting the word out is kind of the most important part of, of this process, right? We want every kid in America, every kid that could be benefiting from a program like this, to have access of, to it, to know where to go, where they could connect with other folks in a similar uh, situation who are wanting to live an active lifestyle. Because beyond just competition and and the exercise and all the wellness that comes around that, it's multifaceted. Just being around your peers, sweating and socializing and learning. You know, when I got injured in my early 20s and, and I started getting involved in this movement, I, I met other other gentlemen who who were my age, right, who had been in the wheelchair longer than me. And I started asking them about how do you date in a wheelchair? What do you do in this situation, in that situation? And all this yeah. wealth of knowledge that happens when you're around your peers. So just helping us get the word out about what we're doing, um, about the NWBA, because like I said, there's teams all over the country uh, that, and honestly, it's a beautiful movement. It's magical. But a lot of these teams need support. You know, they, they need volunteers. They need better funding. They need assistant coaches. They, you know, there's many ways that you could get involved in, in with wheelchair basketball and supporting maybe a local team wherever you're at. Um, Tell me what are some of the other sports that you offer as well or your organization offers as well? We do uh, wheelchair basketball, wheelchair tennis. We do track and field. We have an air rifle program for veterans. Goalball for, for blind athletes, right? Um, what is that? Uh, you play inside of a gym, and it looks like kind of a, a soccer net setup. And basically... Uh, for, for, for folks who are visually impaired, right? Uh, because there's there's different degrees of visual impairment. You actually have to wear blackout goggles to, to level the playing field. There's three athletes per side, and, and those athletes hang around right next to the net, right? And, and they play with a big basketball-looking ball, 
but it has a bell inside. And that bell, it, you know, you chuck that ball across the court trying to make it into the into the goal, but those other athletes are over there and they dive out of the way to, to block the ball from going into the net. It's it's fantastic. That does sound fantastic. You got to Google goal ball and check that out because these athletes are incredible. I bet they become almost supernatural in their ability to kind of, you know, move sound to object and all that. That's amazing. But you got to play in a quiet, quiet area or else you can't hear the bell. Oh, right. You can't have cheering fans, right? Yeah. That's awesome. The more you cheer for your team, the more you mess them up. Yeah. You gotta, if you really want to cheer, you got to be quiet. Alvin, are you currently wow. on a team? Do you play? Uh, basketball? I do. I, I, you know, I'm in my early 40s now, and and I can't give it up. You know, my wife's like, when are you going to hang it up? But I still play on a men's team. I'm coaching the women's team, and I'm coaching, doing all these other sports with Angel City Sports. But uh, I still get after it. I love it. I got the competitive nature in me. I, I love sports. I really grew up playing a lot of basketball uh, with, you know, in the driveway with my dad after work. And, and, and so in high school, I played, you know, football and basketball. So athletics is a big part of my life. And, and being able to rediscover that after my injury in my early 20s has been a godsend. And one of the, the things that I didn't really discover is how I was going to be used to help other people in my local area. Because as I started climbing the, the ranks, people were like, oh, Alvin is the wheelchair sports guy. Like, let's go to him. Right. And, and so I kind of became the guy helping people out of my trunk and, and sharing equipment, my old equipment and handing down my old wheelchairs and just sharing that love because it, when you're around the disability community you discover that it's all love it's one big family and it's really all about paying it forward and, and I, I feel really fortunate that I got introduced to this world and it's been a lifesaver for me I've made it into a career and I've been able to use it to help many other people I found my wife through wheelchair basketball yeah. which is incredible uh, but that's been the most rewarding part being able to give back to the community and see other folks discover this whole new world of active living right and if you're active you're you're healthier you're feeling better about yourself all all so many benefits that come with being involved with adaptive sports it's fantastic and probably now that you've uh, been on nobody listens to paula poundstone you'll probably start being a listener as well and then you're gonna want to join in craft corner and the book club next thing you know you got no time on your hands <laughs> Alvin, Alvin, that was excellent. And now we're going to take all that information that you have imparted to us, and we're going to run it through the old Poundstonator. Paula? House band JP Store on the stand-up bass and ukulele, thank you so much for, again, bringing a rich blend of tones to our little program. You sound wonderful. Now, if I could call upon you to sound wonderful some more, I could use some background music to tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. Malavi, women's wheelchair basketball coach at Angel City Sports. Thank you so much for telling us about adaptive sports and the amazing athletes who play them. With few exceptions, athletes with disabilities compete against other athletes with disabilities. I was thinking, though, that one of the biggest obstacles to success among all athletes is the same, which is lack of motivation. I'd like to see an all-inclusive league of unmotivated athletes. Welcome to the unmotivated games. 
If you are just joining us now, the game started five minutes ago and there are still no players out on the court. You can see the players down on the bench, many of them scrolling through some funny YouTube videos on their phones. This is quite an unmotivated game so far. Let's go courtside. We're talking to starting center for the Indiana in a minutes, Theo Baker. Theo, I see you're sitting here on the bench staring off into space. That's what makes the unmotivated game so exciting. We just never know when you guys are going to actually feel like playing. That's right, Bob. I'm just not feeling it. I've mostly just been sitting here biting some dry skin on the side of my thumb and trying to remember the name of the girl I sat by in the second grade. Now, your team is made up of some fine, unmotivated athletes. That's right, Bob. Our starting lineup includes three guys in wheelchairs and two ambulatory players. We're all challenged by lack of motivation. That really levels the playing field. When we line up on the court before the game, we don't high-five one another. We make the Mets-a-Mets sign with our hands or just wave one another off. We are really unmotivated. When the ref tosses the jump ball, it often just rolls off the court. A fan might toss it back. A lot of the teams in the unmotivated league just don't feel like getting all sweaty. There was an unusual situation last week when a fight broke out between the players at a big game. Was, was that caused by a foul, some, some rough stuff on the court, or some trash talk? Passions can run high in the world of sports. Tell us about it. Yeah, no, Bob. That fight broke out on the bench. Uh, it was a disagreement. So, some of the players like that toilet paper commercial where the animated bears talk about enjoying pooping, and some of the players think it's just gross. Words were exchanged. It got out of hand. Well, that was quite a scene. It sure was, Bob. One of the players took his warm-up jacket off, which we don't usually do because they keep it kind of cold in here. It looks like a player from the Houston Fuckets is making his way onto the court with the ball and there are no other players out there. It's possible he could make the game-winning basket. Ah, shit. I gotta play. Head coach of the Angel City TBAs, women's wheelchair basketball team, and a community organizer for over 20 years, Alvin Malave, everybody. Alvin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Alvin, that was fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure. Oh, it was really fun. Thank, thank you. All right. I, as soon as I get done, I'm looking up all these things. Coming up, no matter how often she is censured, you guys still seem to want more. Batten down the hatches. It's time for the return of Mailbag Captain Crinkle Edition when we come back. <laughs> Fun fact, the very first ice cream cones were featured at the St. Louis World Fair in 1904. This was a huge improvement of the 1896 fair's favorite frozen treat, a handful of rum raisin. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you, house band J.P. Storer. I have to say, who needs Julie and Tony? Well, we like having them, but, you know, <laughs> uh, if, Tony just is so busy with yeah. um, stuff surrounding her craft 
passion. Between that and her cruise, her weird cruise thing, yeah, uh, we hardly ever see her. Well, I'll just answer my own non-rhetorical question and say I, I kind of need Julie and Tony. But I, I do want to say I think the three of us, these musketeers, have been handling this show perfectly well. Oh, yeah. We've had the riveting story of Bonnie eating Halloween candy. My up-to-the-minute rip-from-the-headlines report about um, whatever I was talking about. <laughs> I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, it was that. Of course, exciting. I couldn't remember that you had facial hair. So yes, yes, uh, which yeah. is why, which is why we need Tony and, Bob and Julie for just such little tidbits. Like, hey, yeah. Tony, does Adam have a beard? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that uh, Tony did when she was on the show with us is every now and then um, she would just lean over and say to me, "Adam has a beard," right? And it was so helpful. Really, just kept me. Yeah, on the straight you know, and narrow. Briefed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the absence of that, we're stuck with with what we have here, which is us. But yeah. you know what we don't need them for because of the very subject? We don't need them for mailbag. <laughs> Captain Crinkle edition. <laughs> now, we've been getting a, we've been getting a lot of uh, a mail in our mailbag. Captain Crinkle edition. As I'm sure that a lot of you have figured out, our mailbag is not just our mailbag. <laughs> Captain Crinkle edition. It is also you know, we we gather in your comments from our social media and whatnot. Or if you don't visit our Facebook page or see me and Paula on Twitter and Instagram, well, you should. And a lot of the conversational action is happening on that Facebook group. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. And I would say most of this is taken from there. And uh, a lot of this has to do with Bonnie Burns, who has become more than just a producer and a manager and eternal thorn in my side, but one of the most popular characters on, on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Oh, she's there's no doubt she's uh, she is beloved and also uh, something a lot of people don't know, but an expert on the monarch butterfly. Yeah, you get her started on monarch butterflies and poof. You know, I hope you're sitting comfortably. Kiss your week goodbye. There it goes. I'm not an expert on monarch butterflies. I've become an expert on growing your own orchids. Orchids. Oh, I didn't realize that you were into orchids now. Orchids. Huh. How's it going? An expert. It's pretty good. You know, the problem is, here's one thing that a lot of people don't realize about orchids. They go dormant like a bear goes into hibernation. All the orchids' flowers fall off, and then you just have, like, the two sticks that the orchid used to be, like, poked together sure. on. Yeah, I had and one so of those. you think yeah. the orchid is dead. Yeah. And that's when people go, hey, orchids are hard to raise. I'm, I'll throw this out. It turns out. If you let it look like that for like nine or ten months, an orchid will grow again. Huh. Wow. Problem is believing while it looks dead on your windowsill that in nine or ten months you're going to get blooms again. Yeah. Huh. I do that just with trash. I say to myself, you know, I'm going to leave that trash there for nine or ten months, and I'll bet you, you know, it'll reanimate. Um, yeah. I'm going to file that one under stuff nobody asked about and move on to our mailbag. Captain Crinkle edition. And who knows, Bonnie, maybe there'll be a question about orchids in this one for you. No, I was just throwing out there. But here, Captain Crinkle, Captain Crinkle, it's mailbag about Captain Crinkle. Wow. Uh, wow. I, you know, I was... I was wondering earlier if Bonnie had fallen asleep because uh, I can see her in the Zoom square 
and she just she was like not moving and mm. it appeared that her eyes were closed for quite a while but yeah. i can see now that she was just storing up energy for that uh, that, that uh, theme song <laughs> that and, and theme, we, theme song we often like to point out bonnie's influences and by that i mean the tunes that she's stealing it started with the hallelujah chorus beethoven's hallelujah hallelujah yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I think that was a totally unique. Captain Crinkle, Captain Crinkle, Captain Crinkle. Yeah, it was pretty no, obvious. No, I think that was a unique composition that yeah. Bonnie created just for us. Thank uh, okay. you, Bonnie. Okay. Um, thank you. All right, so thank you for the theme song, Bonnie. You know, most times we do a segment like Mailbag, Captain Crinkle edition. We don't actually uh, write a theme song for that particular day. It would be like a general book club theme or a general craft corner theme. But you've decided to brand your own Captain Crinkle um, thing. And that's, that's admirable. It's admirable. Oh, God. It's not a thing, really. It's not a thing. It's a mailbag. Captain Crinkle edition. Okay. Captain. Um, so, yeah, Bonnie's <laughs> never really understood the theme song premise. Uh, Paula, do you want to read the first one? Uh, do I ever? This one's from Cora Lee Nelson. Uh, what's wrong with Bonnie's idea of having a long-haul trucker on the show? I think that would be a great guest to have. Uh, little known fact, uh, LKF, Cora Lee Nelson is uh, Bonnie Burns' pen name. Yes. <laughs> so, to Cora Lee... <laughs> Who I'm staring right at in that window. Stop it. You know what? We must have 50 people on Instagram. I mean, we do have a site on Instagram, too, by the way. But we must have 50 people on Facebook that have commented and said, what's wrong with having a long-haul trucker? Some of them have gone, I'm really interested. I want to know what the good truck stops are. What are the best cities to go through? Do they have any disaster stories about picking up hitchhikers? There's a mine there. And they said we've done a lot of career corners about different things. Why are you so prejudiced about long-haul truckers? Wow. Thank you, Coralie, for your thoughts. Thank you, Coralie. That's, that's interesting. Um, okay. You want me to read the next one, Paula? Um, sure. And by the way, what are the best cities to drive through? The ones on the way to where you're going. Yeah. That's, Yeah. It's not long-haul tourism. Yeah. They're, they're delivering goods yeah. to a location. They're not checking out the good places to go. Yeah, as long as they're, I'm they're in St. Louis, why don't I check out the arch and get fired? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know, there's a yummy truck stop just over on that other freeway that I don't need to drive on. Yeah, they're in a hurry. And if we're wrong about that, we'll never learn it on this show because we ain't having them as a guest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> I'll do the next one. Two Buck Howie, who's a who's a big fan of ours, um, says this might be off topic, but does anyone else notice that Captain Crinkle is becoming Captain Pop Top? I hear a soda or beer can being opened once a show lately. Well, yeah. Captain Crinkle, <laughs> um, earlier she was explaining something about uh, you know her Overeater Anonymous uh, book, <laughs> uh, but really she's a, become a big Schlitz drinker. Yeah, it's all and, Schlitz. Uh, yeah, thanks for bringing it up, Tubuck. We weren't going to say anything to her about it, but this is probably a good intervention. When she's done with Overeaters Anonymous, we'll send her straight to Schlitz Anonymous. Yeah. But to be honest, uh, uh, Tubuck Howie, I got I got to tell you, Paula Poundstone and I both favor the Diet Cokes and Diet Pepsis. Um, I am good for one a show, Paula probably seven or eight per show. We can't edit all those pop-tops out. 
Every time Bonnie sees me take a sip of diet soda, she pulls the top on another Schlitz. That's right. Uh, so. so it's a combination of, yeah. of me, Paula, and uh, the Schlitzaholic over there. Oh, it's a, you know, uh, Bonnie Burns, I've been meaning to talk to you about your little Schlitz problem for quite a while now. Oh, it's Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, uh, yes, uh, hello, Adam Felber. I'm so glad Tony Anita Hall is off on her uh, uh, spool symposium so she couldn't see what you've come to here, where Tubac Howie uh, even has begun to notice all the beer can opening on the show lately. Yeah, uh, 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 Mrs. Culpepper, um, so you think Bonnie has a problem? I think that Bonnie's problems are, in many ways, Paula's problems. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, Captain Culpepper himself, your late husband, did enjoy taking a drink once in a while. Well, every now and then, certainly, his grown man would have a beverage, uh, uh, an alcoholic beverage of some sort. But yeah, but uh, I, I, I think it was might have been excessive in the captain's uh, uh, case. I mean, isn't that what eventually uh, killed him? If I may say so. Uh, no, no, it was not. Uh, Adam Felber wrong again. Uh, uh, Kim Culpepper was felled by trotoxism. Oh, yes, I now remember. That is insensitive of me, uh, Mrs. Culpepper. I apologize. He had died from trotoxism, which is uh, uh, poisoning from poisoning. Uh, dairy products or cheese. That is correct. I think it was the Swiss that slayed him, actually. Uh, it was the good of the God, Madam Felber. <laughs> I, I stand corrected. How I stand corrected. It is you can't remember that from occasion to occasion. Apparently, Bonnie's Schlitz popping <laughs> is causing you to lose your memory as well. I'm so glad Tony Anita Hall isn't here to to, to, to see the shame of it, the calumny. <laughs> it is a calumny, and I do apologize. Calumny. All right, let's do the next wow. one. Michael Williams Cryer says, "Great episode." Don't listen to Crinkle. Longer is always better. Thank you, Michael Williams Cryer. Boy, you really are discerning. Uh, <laughs> you have an understanding, uh, 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 kind of a art appreciation, because Bonnie's always saying it's too long, make it shorter. And then she tells some, like, impossible to follow <laughs> story about looking at her Overeaters book, which, by the way, Bonnie... Were you ever in that organization? A really, really, really long time ago when I, like, after I came to L.A. You've clearly forgotten the 12 steps. Well, uh, no, it never worked. And yet you still had the book. It didn't work for me. The thing is about Overeaters Anonymous, I'm not knocking it. Everybody, I wish it worked for me. It hadn't, it did not. You know when you're drinking, not drinking. You know when you're using drugs, not using drugs. The line about overeating is very not firm. And I just found that there wasn't the same kind of commitment or energy. It wasn't that clear when people got up and said, oh, you know, I'm. I think you could figure out where the line is. Uh, based on your earlier story, wouldn't it be three bagels after you told yourself you were only going to have no. a half? <laughs> no. That no, just sounds like a line being okay. crossed. <laughs> Bonnie has brought up uh, an excellent idea, uh, which is if you fear you might be overeating and what <laughs> Bonnie's saying is, you know, how do you know? And yet you're right with drinking, you can tell with drug use. So what you should do is every time you eat, you should have an alcoholic beverage. 
Yes. And that way there, you have that anchor. You have that way of knowing. So if it's neck and neck, right, for every cupcake you have a Schlitz, do you see what I'm saying? Then you absolutely know when you're way fucked up, you say to yourself, it was the goddamn cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) No, then I went to AA meetings because I found those enlightening, rejuvenating, whatever, you'd hear these amazing stories. Did you have a problem with alcohol? No, not at all. And that's the problem. Well, uh, there's such snobs. People come up and they try and be like so friendly, welcome. And then you're like, I have a problem with eating. And by the way, those AA meetings are filled with stuff to eat. It didn't bother me. But I mean, I never felt like I belonged at an AA meeting. You didn't. I know. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You definitely didn't. Yeah. This makes no sense whatsoever. I'm just here for the stories and the snacks. Yeah. It's like going to the, you know, the cancer center for your, you know, allergy treatments. It's not what you have. You know what? My guess is we have managed to turn around Michael Williams Cryer. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Who who at first was saying, don't listen to Crinkle Longer is better. But now he's like, you know what? I yeah. spoke too soon. Drink a lot of point. Um, uh, so who's this guy? Young Kim. Is it y- Young Kim? Yeah, I'll read that one. Young Kim says, no one's going to mention Captain Crinkle's pencil riddle and the ensuing hilarity that followed. 99% of the time, I laugh so hard at what Captain Crinkle says, or it is about her and I can't breathe. What does show business have to do with the number two pencil? That's a, He's quoting the riddle. That was, that was when we did our, our first ever riddle um, festival. Um, and we all wrote riddles. And was Bonnie, was that your riddle? What does show business have to do with a number two pencil? What? No, no. Ew, it was what's flat, doesn't like water. Oh, that's right. I remember. Yes. <laughs> and I forget the third thing. <laughs> and at some point you said it had to do with show business. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I somehow we started talking about the pencils and the Tycho Conderoga Number two pencil is the pencil we use in show business. Yeah, because everybody uses it. No, we did. That was like one of the things when I was working my way up the ladder (laughs) that I felt like, okay, I know another thing in the trade. Yeah, get you only use a number two Ticonderoga pencil. That's not even true or a thing. I don't thing. think that's true at all. <laughs> right right back in it. Well, I hope you're enjoying this, young Kim, because no. you got us thrown right no. back into this shit again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. You uh, do you remember um, the movie Sunset Boulevard and the whole scene about <laughs> the Ticonderoga <laughs> number two pencil? No, there was something about the point, like however thick it was. That made it easy to read, and that's what we all use. The number two, Ticonderoga pencil. it is. What do you mean what we all use? Oh, and people like to eat it. That was the rest of my room. No, no one ate it. Sometimes people eat it. This is the Schlitz talking. (laughs) No, I think I had that in there. And and people like to eat it, yeah. It doesn't taste good. I think he said. This is the Schlitz talking, 100%. No, you're not supposed to eat it. You're not supposed to eat it, I think I said. You're not supposed to eat it. It's flat and it doesn't like water. Yeah, and none of those things are descriptions of a pencil. <laughs> also, they're not flat. Well, yeah. the, like in a test, the person, you know, at the head goes, lay your pencil flat on the table. Yeah, but that doesn't make it flat. I couldn't tell a riddle saying what's flat and and, and annoys <laughs> me once a week. It, it, the answer wouldn't be Bonnie Burns. Even Bonnie if Burns, you were like, Bonnie no, Burns. because she's not flat. I got that one. I got that one. Bonnie Burns. 
Uh, all right. Um, Ollie, you read the next one. Wait, wait. Here's one. Thank you, uh, Young Kim. Uh, or Young Kim. Uh, uh, yeah, you may have... You may have started a thing here. Okay, uh, David Seymour says, Paula, here's an opportunity to correct Adam. Oh, David, there are so many of those opportunities. Uh, <laughs> pencils never had lead. Back in the 1500s, there was a deposit of graphite found in Grey Knots, England, but they thought it was a type of lead ore. It was solid enough that they could place parts of it in wood casings, creating the first pencils. Um, that's how show business started. Yes. Ever since we have called it lead, but really it was graphite. Even in Germany, pencils are called Bleistift, which translates as lead pen. I, I have to say, Paula, you have corrected me. Adam, what is flat? Yeah. Doesn't like water and people try to eat it. Bleistifts. Oh, well, that doesn't make sense at all. Uh, here's one from Christopher Aubin. I think we need a new vocabulary word, bundle. It's a noun that describes a riddle where the answer is always pencil, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> For instance, what is rarely used, usually blue, and doesn't have legs? A pencil. Oh, a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got that right away. That's, that's a good word. That's a good suggestion there, Christopher. Maybe we'll be doing that uh, instead of a uh, mailbag sometime soon. You know, um, I often say uh, to my assistant, Wendell, can you hand me something that people like to eat, doesn't like water, and is flat? And right away, he gives me a number two Ticonderoga pencil. <laughs> And he says, I would give you another kind of pencil, but you're in the show business. Yeah, you're not allowed to. And so, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you give me something that people like to eat uh, that doesn't like water and is flat? <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, hey. Yeah. Boy, she has got a knack. Hey, Paula, does uh, Tim Crump have anything to say to us? Uh, Tim Crump has been so pissed at us for so long. Uh, Tim Crump says... I had to quickly stop by and say that I love the recent dental chair segment. It makes me laugh every week, and I play it for my wife when I get home. You know what? If anything will keep a relationship fresh, it's that. News update from the yeah, dental chair. Well, yeah. thank you so much, uh, uh, Honestly, uh, Tim. And yeah, thank you, Tim. And just, I mean, I'm not usually a person to speak about relationships because I am doggedly single, but, uh, you know, I think there's something in what Tim says. I think you can play any part of our podcast um, to your uh, beloved when you return home. Except you might want to uh, skip some of the earlier stories from this show. The, the Overeaters Anonymous story maybe could... Oh, the o yeah, yeah. the OAS <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a journey. It, it is, are, and it set up stories. our trip to Bonnie sneaking in to grab the jelly donuts from AA meetings. Uh, those kinds of stories that Bonnie shared at the beginning of the show are the uh, inspirational tearjerker yeah, stories. Yeah. The inspirational tear... And, uh, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful story. Absolutely. Mailbag. Okay, wait. I have a riddle. What? Oh, oh, good, because you were so good at the other one. flat, rectangular-shaped, and many people use it? Bonnie Burns' breasts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I totally did that just for the joke. That is not remotely true. No. I know. Um, you, her breasts are not rectangular. 
no, and they're not flat. Uh, but <laughs> let's just say that <laughs> a lot of people have used them. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you didn't guess. There's about a million things that fit into the description of flat This is a bad riddle, Bonnie. You've made a, a bad lot of people riddle. Use them. A laptop yeah. computer. A cell phone. Okay, yeah. that's also correct. What segment are we on, Adam? I don't know. We're doing mailbag. <laughs> Captain Crinkle edition. And this is now over. Bunny. I'm declaring it closed. Oh, my God. If Tony Anita Hall hears this from wherever she may be in uh, uh, Sydney, Australia, uh, she's not coming back, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Why would she? Hey, nobody. if you have questions, comments, or just want to say something that you're hoping might get on a mailbag, well, you send that to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Paula Poundstone, what's going on in your Poundstone product empire this week? Ugh. Adam, thanks for asking about Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated. Instead of me going on and on about my book, which is, by the way, rectangular, flat, and a lot of people <laughs> use it, uh, my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, or Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Hooded Sweatshirts and all the other stuff available at the shop at paulapoundstone.com. Instead of going on and on about those things, I'm just going to go right to the fishbowl of facts. I have here a fishbowl full of papers, each one with a random fact written on it. I'll just pull out a few, read them, and whatever we get, we get. Here's the first one. When you swallow a watermelon seed, it does not grow in your stomach because the stomach is full of acid that eats away pretty much everything. Besides, there's no sunlight in there. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, here's another one. Um, hold on. I have to dampen my fingers to, to get it open. Yeah. Uh, here it is. On Saturday, December 10th, I'll be in St. Paul, Minnesota at the Fitzgerald Theater. Great. So streamlined. Yes. Here, here's another. On Friday, December 16th, I'll be in Johnson, Vermont at the Dibden Center for the Arts. Good to know. I, I hope we have some listeners in, in Vermont. Here's one. On Saturday, December 17th, I'll be in St. Johnsbury, Vermont at Fuller Hall. Last time I was there, some audience members begged off saying they had swallowed watermelon seeds and weren't going to be able to come because <laughs> watermelons were growing in their stomachs. Now we know that can't happen. So I hope to see people come out to laugh in St. Johnsbury, Vermont on Saturday, December 17th. For tickets and to see when I'll be near where you are, go to paulapoundstone.com and click on the tour tab. It's so easy. All right. And uh, for my part, I just want to say you don't have to put it on a parachute, but Dad Bandland, DBL, is a really good podcast. You should listen to that, too. And you know what? Those are two podcasts that you should listen to, mine and my other one, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, because they're good podcasts, and I don't feel the need to say that they're just one in a million. Wow. Boy, you are good at this promotion shit. You are really good. All right, everybody. Remember to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. And please drop a review if you're having a good time. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know about, once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that is our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Alvin Malave. Yes. Yay! 
Yeah. And to our house band, J.P. Storer. Yeah. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Julie Berkobian. We miss you, Julie. Edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Hey, Paula. Adam? What's flat (laughs) has different colors and people made them? Oh, so few things fall into this category. Flat has different colors and people made them. Yeah, Um, yeah. Holiday holiday cookies. No. Holiday cookies. No. The keys to my glockenspiel. That was actually what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, it was. Really? Wow. Yeah, was. Hey, Bonnie, you don't do this shirt. part. Bonnie, you don't do this <laughs> no, part. Yeah, Bonnie, you're not. What are you yeah, doing? Bonnie, you're not. Listen. Get out. Okay, yeah, well, I no, thought it was a shirt. Yeah, you're Thank not. Thank you, bye. This, no, okay. that's, yeah, you're that's not, not your part. part of, <laughs> no, this. This is. You have a riddle for me, Paula? Okay, yeah. What? Make sure the answer is not Bonnie's breast, because I don't feel like that's an appropriate thing for me to mention. <laughs> Ow! Okay, just come up with something. If you were thinking of something, something that was leading there, yeah. uh, we would never finish that one. Okay. Anything but that. Okay. Um, okay. What? Uh, Bonnie? No, 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 no. Um, no. Okay. What? <laughs> what? Okay. Wh- what held up the words? Another pep club effort. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, wait. All right, wait. I got it. Okay, okay. Here's one. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. What? Okay. What looks dead remains dormant for about nine months (laughs) and then will beat the living shit out of you. Uh. A bear. Bunny, you're not in this part. Bonnie, okay. Go away. What are you doing? <laughs> a, a bear. That is correct. Okay. Or a bear orchid. Yeah. Um, okay. I got one more. I got one more. And no, I'm the answer orchid. was an orchid. My mistake. Yeah. The answer was an orchid. <laughs> okay. A really <laughs> strong orchid. It just, boy, they will. They are so similar to bears, as Bonnie said earlier. They will just lunge at you. An or- she, Bonnie's hopefully going to do another installment of. Um, Garden time. Yeah, I would hope. With Captain Crinkle, Here. where she can talk about the very aggressive orchids. Orchids, thank you. I couldn't Orchid think bears, of bear orchids. All right, I've got one more riddle. What are round, white, and have showered with zero mustel? Wasn't zero. You're not here. You're not here. You're but not that here. was very funny. You're not here, and buddy, I, buddy, I, you're not here. Um, okay, around white and uh, well-used soap on a ropes. Yes, that was my answer. Zero mustache soap was the answer. Oh, because I was thinking, I kind of like being described. What was it? Round and white. I thought it was Bonnie, a little. It was kind of endearing. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not here. here. You're not here, Bonnie. <laughs> this is a private moment between Adam and I. That we just do. Just kind of talking over the thing. Talking over the show. The thing. Just talking over stuff We're, that we didn't it's get. It's like a imagine us on a rooftop with a couple of beers. Just man, it feels like a man when he has a can of suds. Okay, you you go ahead. I'll just stay here by myself. 
No, no, no. If you got something else to say, Poundstone. What word has four letters? Bonnie. Bonnie, did we forget again that you're not here? Honestly. She thought of her, because they're speaking of a riddle, not listening to us telling her to not be on the roof. Well, it was pretty good. What part? (laughs) No, what part of you're not here? Do you not hear? What two-word phrase starts with a word with four letters, ends with a word with three letters, and and it has three Fs in it all together? Oh, fuck yourself? No, it's fuck off, Bonnie. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) That was an easy one. Greg Butler. <laughs> that was classic. That was classic. <laughs> that was. It's like it's like she speaks another language. It's like I specifically said starts with four letters. The second word has three letters, and she says, "Fuck yourself." Okay, on, and what math? No, I was Does thinking, yourself "Fuck you." Have, and and by the way, I said three Fs, and and yourself has one F. I know, but I couldn't yeah. figure out. I was thinking, fuck you, and then you said, oh, three Fs. Yeah, well, it's whatever. Good. It's because your brain has oh no reverse God. gear. That's the thing. My word was oh. coda. <laughs> what is Paula, four letters? Paula, can I have that parachute? Two I know it doesn't work, but I'm getting out of here. <laughs> You know what? I'm not even going to use the parachute. I'm just jumping off my neighbor's roof. Let's go. <laughs> Three, two, one. Ah! <laughs> a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.